This is a place. This is a place. This is a place. We want to talk about this is a place. Thank you for listening to This Is A Place podcast. My name is Brandon, and I'm joined by a man who is still trying and trying to, one, get me to play pickleball, and two, turn this into an all-out pickleball podcast. Nate, what gives, man? What's what's so special about pickleball? It's just too much fun. It's too much fun. It's addicting. That's the problem, is that pickleball has ruined people's lives because they get so addicted to it i'm not kidding either there's been a few people ruined marriages yeah it's ruined like people have posted that they're not playing pickleball anymore because they need to focus on their family life so you got to be careful it's a a drug it's a drug so like everything else in moderation right yeah we got to get you involved and even thinking a couple of uh, the guys been playing basketball with i'm just like doggone it why not it it probably is one of those things where if I get into it, it's going to be, I wouldn't say it's it would be a problem, but it would be something that I'd, I'd shift focus and want to do more of it. Maybe that's why I'm hesitant to do it, just because I ain't got no time for that. But, well, you're you're an early early bird. Like That's the good thing about pickleball is you can play either early in the morning, play in the afternoon, or late at night. So it works around your schedule. Compared to play, like basketball, basketball really is when you're playing as an adult it's nighttime right it's rare well either early morning or if you get but the problem is when you do early morning nobody shows up and that's the worst that was yeah, the worst that was when bad. we would we go get up early in the morning and then and two of us would show up and then we had like what three of us showing up sometimes and then we did that full court tip in 21 that, okay but that's that was a lot I, of fun i kind of missed that to be yeah. honest well the good and to for listeners it wasn't a full court basketball court it was one of those right. smaller church gyms so where the the three point is really the three point on both sides of the yeah the court uh um but it, it but makes yeah, it so you can fun. still get good exercise and it was fun yeah yeah we got good exercise um but that's the great thing about pickleball is you only need well technically you only need one other person if you want to play singles but you need three other people to play and you can play for hours so you can't play two and two basketball for hours. You'll die. I'll die. So yeah, there's my uh, sermon on why you need to start playing pickleball. Uh, you don't have to give up basketball. You don't have to give up the other sports. You just need to add it. Just add it in. Just add it All in. All this extra time. Yeah. All this extra time. Well, you can go to the gym or you can play pickleball. I joke about it, Nate, but you know. I'm sure pickleball is great, and I'm I'm not doubting it. I just haven't got around to it. One of these days, I will do it. But we do have a, I'd say, kind of a bonus episode today. And this is coming at you guys probably out of the normal schedule of our episodes. Usually, they come out on Wednesday. Sometimes in the last couple of weeks, they've come out on Thursday. Not going to lie. I've been a little slow at times to to edit, maybe. So... Yeah, this one, we we had an opportunity to speak with someone about uh, some cool events happening and wanted to get this out in time so people could hear about the events. And so they we can got plan to... their schedules accordingly. Yeah, exactly. So um, that's why we're getting this out. And um, you can still expect one of our normal, what would you call it, rotation of episodes still coming at you Wednesday or Thursday morning or whenever I decide to 
get around to it. But we did have an interview with, began with one person and added a second person in for a little bit. So kind of cool to hear from two different people about the Will and Jazz and about, as mentioned just previously, a little bit about Pickleball. So we're joined today by the artist formerly known as Randy Baby and known in the social media world as hashtag Randall the Producer. How's it going? Nate, Nate, what's up? Just living the dream. (laughs) (laughs) Your dream or my dream or the man's dream? I just said a dream. It could be good. It could be nightmare. It could be whatever it is. It's just just a dream. So (laughs) Some kind of Um, dream. There you go. Well, before we dive in, um, do you want to give us do you want to give us a quick introduction to who you are for those who don't know who you are? Yeah, Randy Baby, uh, well known in the Salt Lake area as the pickleball nemesis of many and the conqueror <laughs> of all. I am definitely in the best of the intermediate best category there. And Nate, you've experienced that on the pickleball courts. Yeah, you're one of the the fun left-handed players to play with, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. There, you know, I was on the court the other day. There was three lefties and one righty. It was kind of a existential experience. I, I did Anyways, that the other so day I've as well. You did? Yeah, and then the other, and then <laughs> I had a little tournament the other day where I played against two left-handed people, and it's a different look when you play when both are left-handed. So yeah, that's yeah, and there's a lot of lefties coming out of the woodwork. Did did your patterns get messed up? Is it look because I it's don't hard? Like yeah, it. well, just your natural shot selection gets changed up, and you have to think about it more. So, right. um, but I love playing but, with a lefty. Well, you and Ben Johns have that in common, then. Yeah. On uh, one of his podcasts, when he was doing that, I think it was with Rob Nunnery. Um he was talking about his preferred matchup would be with a high level lefty. And then instead of having his partner all the way on the side, just playing that backhand. Right. Right. Um, that, cause you, you know, that fade uh, strategy that they do where, where especially with Ben Johns, you know, he takes up 75, 80% of the court. And so his partner is over on that right side and they call it the fade strategy. So he's just kind of anything over their forehand or right shoulder, they're letting go out. And so they fade to the right and then are hitting the backhand of whatever, 10 or 15% that Ben can't always cover. Um, so he said that his favorite uh, partner would be, and this this is probably going to be with the Seattle Pioneers and the MLP, is a high-level lefty. So Tyler Loom there would be quite a force. Might be a wanted man. And you wonder if Ben's able to seed part of the court as well too, because the lefty, you know, if you're coming across that middle, sometimes that, Sometimes that person on the right side, if you're a lefty, that's their forehand side. And so you, you can almost have like an amoeba coming back and forth from left to right across the uh, court. Of course, you know, Ben probably doesn't need that help very much, right. but um, just a thought there. Yeah, so lefties are coming out of good work. Brandon, is this all making sense to you? Uh, yeah, I have nothing <laughs> nothing to say. I, I've, I've been played trying. Has years. Brandon not stepped on the courts yet? I have I've stepped been on once with some youth. The youth group, we played some pickleball, so we were just guessing, and you guys are just speaking <laughs> a foreign language to me right now. Well, Brandon and I really got to know each other playing basketball. 
um, before okay. the ball took over my life. And it sounds like that's something you were really interested as in as well, right? Oh yeah. Basketball. Yeah. Basketball is what I consider the beautiful game. Uh, there's another sport they try to say is a beautiful game, but for me, it's basketball. And now it's pickleball. And, yeah, it's pickleball. Yeah. But yeah. Do you still play basketball or are you fully into pickleball now? Do I still play it? Um, once in a while, uh, I was able to, I was fortunate enough to break into a high level group down in LA um, of former NBA players. And not that I was at their level, but I was able to hang a little bit. Uh, we can get into that later if you want to. Um, but since, since pickleball, I haven't really gone back to basketball. Oh, really? Uh, I haven't gone back to tennis. And, you know, pickleball may be the greatest sport ever invented, um, bar none. And that's there you go, we, Brandon. Uh, How many that? more testaments do you need, Brandon, before you hop in? <laughs> and, yeah. and that's that's on a recreational level and now changing to a professional level um, and even a league level. But we can get into all that later if uh, we want to. Well, I'm oh. curious because I know uh, some of the stuff you sent over – or JDQ Productions is mm-hmm. is yours, your your brand, and yeah. you. We watched a video, Nate and I, about how you kind of started it, and a lot of it you were talking about basketball and how you played a little bit in high school. If it's okay with you. I I love to hear more about your basketball experience and and how that kind of got you into the the JDQ Productions. Yeah, so grew up playing basketball, but like a lot of kids. Um, played in the youth leagues and that sort of thing. Uh, Parents split when I was young. Um, So I was raised by my mom, and then uh, she had a friend that um, helped raise me as well, too. So I was raised by two women, basically. Um, So sports were where I found a lot of my male role models, actually. Sports, uh, scouting, that sort of thing. And so basketball was a big part of that. Um, Obviously, growing up in the magic michael bird era um those guys shaped my basketball dreams and of course with my broadcasting background journalism uh you guys know the name dick vital of course i can remember you know watching watching him and and i was like how do i get to do that how do i get paid to like watch and talk about basketball in this and and and, you know of course i want to play and there's all these these changes in, in the landscape of sports um, in the air, uh, not only from what it means to be a professional, but what it means to cover the sport. I mean, ESPN was relatively new, um, you know, late eighties. Uh, and, and so that, that kind of shaped what I wanted to be and what I wanted to do. So, you know, I'm six, five. Um, some people say six, five and a quarter, but you know, I don't, I don't like to quabble or quibble about a quarter inch here or there as tall as lanky i played football as a lefty um you know obviously i would look to lefty quarterbacks is there any famous lefty quarterbacks you can think of yeah steve young and then there's a couple there's been a couple yeah so steve young um you know i, I would watch him run around and so actually i was going out for a quarterback and uh i actually got bit by a dog on my left hand uh right during summer tryouts so that, that was a, a wasted summer. Um, summer. But then went out, made the basketball team. Um, and uh, from there, tried out for junior college, uh, got cut. Um, 
but then I, I became the sports reporter for the paper. And uh, I remember towards the end of one year, um, the the team had just lost their last game and they were, they were probably a 500 team at best. And uh, that was the year I'd gotten cut. And so it was kind of, uh, awkward, interesting for me to now be the reporter that was asking the coach all the strategy questions about the team every, after every game. And so I said, hey, coach, you know, it looks like you like your bench let you down a little bit at the end of that game. And it's like, yeah, I should have kept you on the team. And then he's like, immediately, he's like, well, you don't have that thing re- uh, recording, do you? Because I'm a microphone right there. And so I just kind of said, uh, no, coach. So, you know, I tried to change the subject as quickly as I could. But um, but that was as far as I was ever going to go, even if I was going to go that far would be junior college level. In your uh, broadcasting, did you ever have a boom goes the dynamite moment? Boom goes the dynamite. Um, not on air. Uh, I had a lot of those types of moments with, with uh, the anchors um, and the other producers. Uh, and it, it's, uh, you know, things can get a little bit blue in the uh, sports, in the sports room. So the sports cave. Um, but there's a lot of different uh whether it's an improv moment, whether it's trying to come up with, you know, the the line or the catchphrase of the night. Well, LeBron James just recently broke the scoring record and has argued that he's the best player ever. But many would argue that the best player ever is Michael Jordan. And my understanding is that you got pretty close to Michael Jordan at one point. We'll be right back. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business, or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step guide to starting your podcast today. Uh, yes, I did. Um, early in my broadcasting career, so he had uh, come out of retirement. Um, and uh, it was, you know, everybody at the station was jockeying for... Um, for the ability to go and interview him. So they would do pregame uh, interviews and, and shoot around and stuff. Um, and then of course, post game as well too, obviously. So uh, I was actually able to, and that's an interesting story. I'm going to right now, maybe we'll, how I got the, how I got the, uh, the nod to get into the, what they call the media scrum. So you'll see, and this is in my, um, one of the, uh, at JDQ Randall, that's the YouTube if you want to look it up at JDQ Randall, it, this video that shows it's a media scrum. So all the media kind of attacks whatever player is hot at the moment or, you know, is a notable type of player. And so they, they kind of all converge upon uh, the player. And so it was Michael in this case. And I knew probably 24 hours ahead of time that I was going to be in that media scrum. And I've been in some other, you know, media events type of thing, usually post game. And usually it's a lot of, awkward first date talk amongst the reporters, like while the, while we're waiting for the athlete to come out. And then it's also like kind of a little bit of awkward interview style a little bit um, because somebody will ask a question and they'll make a joke. They'll laugh at their own joke. And then they'll, they'll want the athlete to kind of finish the question or they'll just make a statement and leave it hanging. And then the athlete kind of has to pick that up. Right. 
so I didn't want that to happen. And I didn't want to, I didn't, I, I wanted to not take control, but at least have an impact on how this interview was going to go. Um, so I had a couple of questions, you know, I threw it out to some friends of mine. Hey, what would you ask, you know, MJ and all this sort of thing. And so I got, I had a couple of questions formulated my own. And then if you watch in that video, um, you can see me, I, I, I make a beeline right for MJ gave him his space. Of course, they didn't want to you know, roll right up on top of him. Um, but then I, I start immediately with a question and before any of the other reporters can really do that. Um, and so, yeah, I got to talk to him and um, it was early in my career and that was just, you know, amazing. And I look back on it now and, and just think, think about it from time to time. I don't, I don't spend too much time on it, but yeah, from time to time, it's a, it's a nice little memento. Yeah. You got closer than most people have to, well, you got to talk to Michael Jordan. So that's pretty cool. And, like, and he answered, he replied. Yeah. Yeah. And he, it, he you was, tell in the video, he's looking right at you too. So he's like, he, he made eye contact with him. That's pretty good. Yeah. I was, I, I was trying to see if he's really six, six, you know, some of these NBA players, they're not really the size that they're listed on their right. sheet type of thing. Yeah. They um, do that starting in high school, right. Where they make it look yeah. like you're bigger than you really are. But yeah. Um, a really cool project that you were involved in years ago had to do with, I don't know if many people know, but the Utah Jazz have a wheelchair team. Is that correct? The Utah Jazz have a secret team. That's not the team. one you see out on the court every day or every every other day during the winter. So tell <laughs> us about not, your involvement in that. Yeah, it's not the E-team either. Are you guys familiar with the Utah Jazz E-team? Yes, my son is on his school's E-team. Oh, okay. So, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know too much about that, but yeah. So in 2004, um, next year will be 20 years, I guess, since I found out about this team. Uh, I was shocked and blown away that the Utah Jazz had a quote unquote wheelchair team. Anyways, there's a long, big, long history in, in that um, and how they're tied into the jazz and all that sort of thing. But I figured, gosh, for somebody who grew up playing basketball in Phoenix, in Salt Lake, a little bit in LA for somebody who worked in the media in news and in sports specifically and interacted with, you know, collegiate players, NBA players. If, if anybody should have known about these guys, it should have been me. So when I found out about it, I, it's kind of like, you know, you have that sweater that has a little loose string and you start pulling at it and pulling at it. Mm-hmm. And then before you know, you have no sweater left. Hopefully right. You're wearing an undershirt or something. It was that type of thing where just the more I found out about it, the more questions I had and the more questions I had, the more that I wanted to find out. And that led me to um, the front office of the Utah Jazz. That led me to Frank Layden's uh, doorstep. Uh, you guys know both know who Frank Layden is? Of course. Well, I do. I'm old enough to know who he is. I know, speak for- I know who he is. I, <laughs> I know of him. I actually got a... When I played... Uh, junior jazz i got a bobblehead of him you did yeah do you still have it could be in my parents house somewhere all right let's uh, let's have our next podcast be out of your parents um attic or basement let's finding find the bobblehead okay yeah, the bobblehead. But that would be I'm, I'm that would be such an interesting we'll we'll video that we'll put that that'll be your your first youtube video us just going through all of your junk from when you were a kid there you go find the frank laden bobblehead <laughs> Got some. I got a Kobe Bryant one too. So we'll, we'll have to do that. And you know where that one, one well. is, I'm sure, right? 
I, I know where it is. It's probably not in the oh. safest spot, but I do know where it is. Come on, shame on you. You need to know the, where the Frank <laughs> Layden one is. So Frank Layden um, landed on his doorstep. And at first he's like, oh, you know, we I already donate. I already do. I'm like, coach, I don't want your money. I'm like, you don't? Like, what do you want? And so I just told him about this wheelchair team, told him how I was trying to create broadcast quality content of them and tell their stories and, and um, you know, broadcast their games and all this, all this sort of stuff. And uh, so he helped me out. Um, he would, you know, meet with me from time to time. He'd call me back. He wasn't under any obligation to talk to me like MJ was. Uh, and he makes, you know, he's one of these guys, you hear about these guys that make you feel like you're the only person in the room. Or as soon as you meet them, like you've known them your whole life, that's one of these guys. Quick with a joke, he'll light up your smoke, but he's always Coach Layden to me. Name that song. Uh, uh, piano Man. Yes. <laughs> um, so as I got to know more about the team, uh, you know, there's one guy that was a prominent figure there. His name is David Perry. And he... He was, oh gosh, he's in his teen, he's a teenager, high schoolish. And, you know, it just broke my heart because I started getting to know him a little bit. And he's just like, you know, there's no wheelchair camps or wheelchair clinics, you know, here in Salt Lake. And, and, um, so he just talked to me about, you know, not having these opportunities to participate and to compete. And it's, it's not just, you know, it's not, it's, it's not a participation sport. It's, it's a competition. You know, a lot of times, I, I don't know. Well, let me ask you, wh where does wheelchair sports fit in the category of sports in your guys' mind? How familiar or aware or not aware are you of it? I'm aware of it. I've seen a few news stories on it. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I was not aware that you had made a, a film about mm -hmm. them um and i have yet to see i've seen like clips from it but i haven't seen the whole film mm -hmm. um but yeah it's just like you said it's it's a sport that's not really well known and wasn't there uh, another movie called like murder ball or something like that murder ball yeah yeah exactly that talked about the the league so um looks pretty intense and it's completely yeah. new to me i've you know i know it exists but i didn't know about this team or really any details prior yeah and yeah it's not surprising i mean it doesn't get any coverage in mainstream uh media um too much i mean here and there it'll be a new story so anyway so i met this kid david perry and he he talked to me about how when he did go to a camp back east he still felt out of place why is that david well because he didn't have any stories or or all tales he could swap with these guys about other wheelchair camps or wheelchair basketball games and so you know, I set out on a mission to give him stories that he could talk about um, in any setting, not just at a basketball camp, but in any setting. And so that included, you know, basketball related stories, introducing him to pros, introducing him to broadcasters. Uh, I got him some media attention a little bit. Um, his favorite player was, you know, Utah's favorite player, John Stockton. Uh, one of their other players that was his teammate, um, Jeff Griffin. And uh, he was actually playing, well, headed to Greece for the uh, Paralympics. Are you guys familiar with the Paralympics at all? Yep. I got a friend who did uh, snowboarding in 
it was it Japan a few years ago. So really, yeah. So yeah, that's usually two weeks after each uh, summer or winter Olympics, and so they you know redo the signage and everything, and then have a whole nother two weeks of games. And and so this local guy here, Jeff Griffin, he was heading over to to the Paralympics as part of the USA basketball wheelchair team. Well, who knew? So then uh, became not only a mission to tell the Utah Wheeling Jazz story, the David Perry story, then the Jeff Griffin story comes up. And and so I I got him some um, sponsorship deals, uh, just some in-kind, some small ones, some local ones. Um, got him an international phone, uh, websites, his own website before websites were a thing where everybody had their own. And then uh, I was trying to scramble a documentary crew to follow him over there. That didn't happen. It, you know, I, I just started looking at myself and like, well, you have the skills, you could do it. I'm like, then there's this little conversation that goes back and forth. Like, what do you mean do it? That means I'm going to have to buy a ticket and go over there. And then I'm not going to have any, you know, production support. I'm not going to have a cameraman. I'm not going to have a producer. I'm not going to have this, that, or the other, right? So you start thinking though of things, uh, you know, my dad would always say, you know, ask the question, what if, right? It's like a couple days out. And then it's just like, well, Jeff, guess what? I'm going to, I'm going to Greece. He's like, what? <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I went and bought a camera at uh, the electronics store. And that's, that's anyways, that's the stuff I can go on and on, but uh, that's, that's how I got started in wheelchair sports. Um, specifically basketball is my passion project. And that was 2004. And that was the year that, uh, you know, the, the able-bodied um, dream, well, not the dream team, the able-bodied USA basketball team lost. They lost famously to Puerto Rico. That was the LeBron-led team with Carmelo and AI and all those guys. And uh, that's coming up on the 20-year anniversary, so we've got a lot of stuff coming up next year. They talk a good deal about uh, this Jeff Griffin fellow, and I see that he has actually hopped onto our Zoom call. So has he? What? Welcome Jeff? him in here, and thanks for, for jumping on. Yeah, you betcha. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yeah. How are you doing, Jeff? Doing well, doing really well. I uh, appreciate this opportunity, Brandon and Nathan. How are you guys doing? Doing well, thanks. It, it's cool to hear your story, and you know we have some exposure and and know that there's the wheelchair basketball out there, but learning about the the team and, and then hearing your experience, it's really cool and and inspiring to hear what, what you guys are able to do. Yeah, it's um. It's it's pretty incredible to be able to take some high level athletes and put them in wheelchairs and let them experience what it's like to pass, push, defend, shoot, all with your arms, and um, and not be able to bend your knees to to get a little extra. You know, whenever whenever your shot comes up short, everyone says bend your knees. Well, our knees are already bent, and so <laughs> th there's there's no correction there, and so, but it's a it's a um fantastic sport and um flint flies and you can smell the wheels being burnt in the air as you come and watch what about sparks because those chairs run into each other have you ever seen a, a spark yep i've i've seen the sparks you, you smell the flint you see um it's a it's an experience it's all senses being uh being 
hit at the same time. So, you know, you guys are pickleballers and, or they, is it picklers? Is that the term? Picklers. Yeah. Picklers. Absolutely. So, you know, every sport has its challenges and, and that's what I love about life is just challenge being challenged and uh, being able to see what you're made out of, to see how strong you are and, um, and really get out there and, and be pushed. So how long have you been involved with the, the organization? You know, I got hurt in 1995, um, looked them up in 96 and have been playing ever since. And so it's kind of a long journey. I'm, I'm, uh, hitting my 50th birthday this year. I'm not quite there yet, but, uh, everyone's like, well, why don't you hang it up? I'm, I'm willing to hang it up once somebody replaces my 24 points that I average a game. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> nice. And did you guys know there's a there? Well, there used to be a Wheelan All Star game as well. No, I didn't know that. Nope. Let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. And we're trying to yeah coming weeks here. You know. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to do that. I went down and um, filmed uh, one of them uh, in L.A. Uh, with Jeff. He won the MVP. And how many um, All Star MVPs do you have, Jeff? I participated in eight of the all-star events. Um, I have four. I almost went three years in a row and the uh, coach took me out <laughs> right before I got my last basket to, uh, to make it three years in a row. And that would have been five out of the eight, but uh, I'll take four. And every time I've showed up, we've won. So I I'm good with that record. 50 still young. I mean, you've got another, what, 20 plus years. Well, you know what? I don't know. I think wheelchair years are kind of like dog years. Um, for every one wheelchair year, it's like five able body years. I don't know what it is, but uh, all I know is I feel like I'm just hitting my prime, and that's not true. But I do feel <laughs> great. I feel great. I feel healthy. Um, there was a there was a point in my life and career that I couldn't even open up the door. My shoulders were shot so bad, and um thinking about and, and suggesting retirement and then and then the fountains of youth kicked back in and, and now I'm feeling really good I'm starting to figure out my health and you know our coach calls me the Tom Brady of wheelchair basketball but uh you know Tom Brady just retired so I don't know if that's a good comparison so you're gonna pass him you're gonna be he's gonna be compared to you and he should have <laughs> sticked around longer yeah, other than I don't have seven championships or <laughs> Super Bowls. So, yeah, no. It, and uh no, nah, it, it it's great though, but anyway, I just love the I just love the ability to um get out there and and entertain and inspire and to, you know, motivate other people to get out there and just be active. Just be active. And uh, so anyway, I I love the fact that, you know, pickleball is starting to pick up and people are getting out there and, and, and I love what Randall is doing in sharing and showcasing. He's sharing and showcasing wheelchair basketball for, for 20 years unseen. And now he's sharing and showcasing uh, pickleball and uh, hopefully people will understand um, the selfless sacrifice that he has put in and is doing and support what 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 he's doing 
Hey Jeff, did you did you um hear about wheelchair football yet? Oh, I've heard about wheelchair football. They've tried to convince me to play it, but I am not going to play football <laughs> on the asphalt. <laughs> Jeff was a football player, um, uh, and so he might still be if he if he transitions over to from you know, he'd be a two sport guy, Jeff. I could be. You know what though? You, you know, after you experience collegiate football, you're like, I don't know, uh, no, no, thanks. Um, <laughs> I'm good. I've got a good memory of what it was. I am enjoying wheelchair basketball. I'm enjoying um, being able to open up the door right now with my arms without pushing that button. So there's no, there's no, there's no reason for me to jump into to wheelchair football. I may, I may go watch it and cheer on my teammates, but no, thank you. I'm playing it. <laughs> yeah. But he's also a high level uh, tennis player. Another time we'd love to have you on and just chat with you about what you're doing. Sounds like you're doing a lot of cool things. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been enjoyable. You know, I like to say that, uh, are you barely breathing and call it a life or are you living a life that uh, causes you to catch your breath? So uh, get out there and live life to the fullest. Well, that was a fun surprise visit. Too bad we ran out of time with him. So outside of the willing jazz and the wheelchair, you're obviously involved in a lot of other things. What what other things are you, what other projects do you have your hands? Well, hey, we have to, to talk about, thank you. Yeah, we, we have to talk about All-Star Weekend coming up here. Uh, do you guys remember a famous NBA show called Dazzling Dunks and Basketball Bloopers? That was like on Saturday mornings, right? Well, I first um, found out about it through a Sports Illustrated subscription. It was a free gift they would give you with a subscription. Oh, um, back when people got magazine subscriptions. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so anyways, I am doing an event during All-Star Weekend. It'll be coming up shortly here. We're going to be, and we talked a little bit about Frank Layden earlier. He was the co-star of this show. And so this All-Star Weekend, we're going to have a three-day fundraiser for the Wheel and Jazz and Adaptive Sports in general. It's going to be called Dazzling Dinks and Wheel and Basketball Hoopers. Fun. Where That's are you doing work. this at? We're going to be doing this at a couple different locations. Uh, one is Club Pickleball USA, the Sandy location. That's in Salt Lake City for anybody listening to this about... 10 or 12 minutes uh, south of the All-Star Arena from downtown Salt Lake. And we're going to kick off Thursday with the All-Star Pickle Clinic with legendary, just legendary pickleball pro Scott Moore. He's one of the winningest uh, pickleball players out there. And we have uh, partnered with Paddle Tech. For all you pickleballers out there know Paddle Tech is one of the top three I would say paddle companies out there. Um, we're going to have a free paddle that's included with the pickleball clinic. And then Friday and Saturday night, we're going to have pickleball after dark, all-star edition, uh, high level round robins. Uh, we might always have an introductory round robin, be competitive, whether it's high level or not. I think pickleball is always competitive and we're going to do that. And then at a different the location we're going to have actually the wheel and jazz compete against one or more former nba players 
in a shootout competition. So first round, the NBA player will shoot standing up against the wheelchair guys. And then the second round, they're going to have to sit in a chair and shoot. And we're going to take, take note of who shoots better and who, who ends up winning with the final tally. Where's that taking place? That'll be be Saturday morning. Uh, It's just right down the street from club pickleball, actually. And it's uh, Copperview Community Center. Yeah. Yeah, my boys have done a few leagues over there. It's a nice little community center. Yeah, so at this uh, Copperview Community Center, they have a lot of adaptive programming out there. Lacrosse, they've got. And then, Nate, this would be right up your alley. I was looking into this um, this last week or two. Uh, Sled or sledge hockey. Have you heard of this, Nate? Uh, Yeah. Isn't that kind of like where they move around on little sled looking things yeah so it's the uh you know you can't have wheelchairs on ice yes you could but they have sleds on ice. yeah it's insane and the talent those guys have is like insane like those olympic guys at least Um, and then they're also going to be um putting together a wheelchair pickleball programming down there at copperview um oh cool i'm working with uh um, conversations to help out with that a little bit. So I'll let you know as that develops. Um, and in, in the, so in the adaptive sports world, uh, especially in tennis, there's something called up down. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I know the, the special Olympics does some stuff like that with the adaptive where they'll have about half the kids without a disability play with kids with disabilities yeah. so that they can, yeah. it's kind of cool what they do. I need to get my boys more involved in, in that stuff. To see these guys compete. It's like I said, it's not you, there's no participation trophies here. And it's great they get to participate and they have something to do and all this, all this sort of, you know, feel good type of things that give you the warm fuzzies. But these guys are out here competing. And to see these guys compete for the pure love of the game, right? And I'm not saying that, you know, professional players don't have a love of the game, but it's it's different, right? I don't know how much hockey you played or what your level of basketball was, but I mean, pickleball opens up that window of competition again. And, you know, football players go through this where, where they, you know, after, after football, like there's nothing, you're not getting 22 guys together to go play tackle football. Well, you're not (laughs) playing tackle football probably ever again. I mean, that's the crappy thing about tackle football is that after what, if you made college, whatever's, that last game could be the last time you ever play it because yeah. you just don't have opportunities to go strap on a helmet. And I mean, you can play flag football or touch football, or whatever it be, but it could be the last time you've got to strap yeah. on the pads and play. So, you know, and he said about turning 50 and I'm a, I'm a sports addict. I just love sports. I'm average at all the sports. I'm not like amazing at any of them, but I just love sports. I like hanging out with people but I've noticed over, you know, once you turn 30, that's a kind of a, a hump in the road that gets harder to play sports. 40 was another one. So like, I felt like my sports career was kind of dwindling down as, as being able to compete with the guys I'm playing with or wanting to play all the time or getting invited to play. is probably the biggest thing. And then pickleball comes along. You're like, Oh my goodness. Like you don't have to be, um, you know, 20 years old to play the sport. I mean, there's, there's guys, their seniors playing this game that can, can whip my butt. So um, it's just nice to get that competitive 
feeling back, feeling like, oh, I can compete um, and not feel like age is really a, a factor. Brandon, at Pickleball After Dark on Friday and Saturday night, there's going to be free lessons, free lessons. Nate, uh, I'm going to take this opportunity to invite you to come be one of my coaches for an hour or two. Um, there you go. What a, what a Friday or Saturday night. You want to learn how to do it wrong, I can help you with that. <laughs> and uh, so we're going to have, you know, you sign up, uh, you have a half hour lesson, then a half hour play, open play. And we'll get you, um, you know, let you dip your toe in the pickleball waters for your all-star weekend. And again, it's a three-day all-star hoop fest and pickleball fundraiser, um, highlighting the wheeling jazz and other adaptive sports. And you can go to justdon'tquit.org for more information. I was um, just going to say, how do they find out about it? So justdon'tquit.org to find out just about the tournament. Org. Yep. And, uh, the um, right now our website's being hosted by um, the pickleball website, which is thisweekinpickleball.com. And uh, so you'll see some pickleball stuff on there as well. And just don't quit.org though. Uh, you can go and find out more information. Uh, you can follow the social media channels um, through the, the pickleball site there. They're kind of hosting as the just don't quit.org people get their stuff together and uh, get, get, get built out they're just kind of a grassroots organization right now well we really appreciate you coming on to to talk to us about your your history with, with your production company and the will in utah jazz and cool to hear about these events coming up so we definitely encourage people to check them out and yeah you know i, I mean i love i love sports obviously i love basketball i love pickleball so this is just a celebration of of putting all these things together and I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention kind of the biggest keystone of all of this is the Frank Layden narration of the film that I did oh, and we're nice. actually um, making it available so we're going to pull the narration they did out of the film and make it available as an audiobook download for people um, first it'll be for participants of uh, all-star weekend and then hopefully down the road hopefully sooner than later I'd like being ambitious to be summer, but definitely by the fall, I like to make it available for people as a download uh, to, to the general public. And, and it's just to listen to Frank Layden talk, you know, he could, you know, all of the cliches about, you know, he could read the phone book, he could sell ice to an Eskimo, all these types of things. You just, you just, you know, I, I think you get wrapped up in who the wheeling jazz are and let his voice take you to another world. This, this, audiobook and film it it follows the wheeling jazz they leave on a friday from salt lake they go down to los angeles they stay at a campground to save money on hotels they play saturday and sunday and then they drive all the way back to salt lake in time for work on monday morning and that's what the film is about and it's the first ever behind the scenes peek at the yeah. players on and off the court lives of the wheeling jazz yeah one more thing too for any of your listeners there's a pickleball clinic uh on thursday that i mentioned uh i'm going to do either uh 50 off for this is a place listeners or if you want to do two two of them um each of you will get 50 dollars off and uh you have to mention nate and brandon and uh but we'll we'll get that to you asap right on that'd be cool and all of it is a donation, so you can write it off. You can all this other stuff. So, hey, thanks, guys. All right. Yeah, thanks. It's great to meet you. You too. Bye bye.
thanks again to our, our two di- two guests today. Yeah, sounds like there's some cool things coming up. And if any of you are on the fence about pickleball, like I continue to be, sounds like some good opportunities to to finally get out and play. Yeah, and I'm interested in um, possibly testing out my skills shooting a basketball from a wheelchair. I highly doubt I could even come close to competing with those guys, but I'm sure. I struggle on my feet, man. I think you and I should have a shootout. I'm down. Thanks for listening to This Is A Place podcast. See you Wednesday. Wednesday.